0: And that breakfast, like, knocked me out. It did. I took a nap. Yeah, I took a nap. Back to back.
1: We had a true American breakfast, a meal that will fucking KO you.
0: <laughs> you did
2: you go to the Denny's that burned down?
1: Yeah. It was like the Shining. And they're like, but you've always been here. <laughs> and there's a picture of you. got you a wall. picture of me and Chrissy in pancakes in 1929. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> the founder the first denny's customers
1: <laughs> yeah oh
2: damn i wish we were recording that that could be kind of are <laughs> yeah
0: here <laughs> you guys to only... our audio is about to get really good in three two one boom oh it sounds so oh, good so should, we, should we start recording now yeah
2: i did start recording
0: no like our my personal one yeah hello no, hello one two three okay Put
1: the pants the fucking bitch the pants. Going upstairs, you don't really dance. Doing your mom.
0: Doing your mom. Doing your
1: mom. Doing your mom. mom doing do, doing, doing, your, doing mom, your mom. Doing your mom. Brandon, uh, uh, did
2: anyone, you watch Ray William Johnson? Ray William Johnson? Uh, no, I wasn't a Ray William Johnson stan. Equals three? No equals I, three for Brandon. I've never even seen a second of that man's content.
1: Why? I don't it's know. L- it's it's literally... He literally just plays other people's YouTube videos and then he interrupts saying, all right, now watch this part.
2: <laughs> Maybe it's just because I wasn't really that big into the YouTube scene before.
0: It's like, it's kind of like America's Funniest Home Videos, but like on the internet rather than like through television. Yeah.
2: Hold on. Hold on. What? Hold it. Hold it. Hold, hold that door.
3: Hold that door. Hold the door. Hold that door.
1: Hold that door. Hold that door! Oh, my God. It's still cold in here, Brandon. Shit. The A- Dude. My AC is intense. Chris, were you cold and sleeping on last night, or were you hot? Is that
0: why you moved to the couch? I was hot. Did, did you turn on the fan? So For whatever reason, I was having the hardest time turning on the fan. Oh, but
3: I,
1: turning off the, the light. Turning off the light. Because the light... See, Brandon, and I called it. The light is in the very middle. It's the tiny string in the very What is What is that noise? Oh my no! god. No. <laughs> you can't. You can't do this. <laughs> I'm joking. In his fucking Snoopy outfit. I, I, I can't believe it. I'm joking. This. I'm joking. Yeah. I'm, I'm just joking. I'm Folks, joking. he's still I, I'm joking. he's still in his Snoopy outfit. I don't know why. He's, he doesn't has not changed from his camp, Snoopy. You got home, you got home four hours ago.
2: Three hours ago. No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah you got home
1: at go. four, yeah, four. And you've been Oh, Well, I
2: was just having such a, I was having such a good time talking to, to our, our, our roomies that I just didn't want to stop.
1: I wish you stopped. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, joking. I'm, jo- hey, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking.
0: I'm joking.
1: Uh,
2: ladies and gentlemen, we got him.
0: Yep. Can we talk about that night? Snake Eyes and Jackass 3 Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, let, okay. let, first let me just say
1: welcome back to After Hours episode three. Uh coming back with another after hours. We're gonna later on the program we're gonna get into uh some MCU reviews. But you know, this is again the informal podcast where we're just gonna it's more informal than it already is, so we're just gonna kick back and shoot the shit. But yeah, tell like tell let's let's talk about our uh our experience, experience on Thursday. Uh so Chris, he, he came down for the day and uh because he lives up in LA now and he he came and crashed at our place and uh we had we had a fun time. We went to the the AMC theaters and we saw snake eyes just like what we promised for uh uh the origin stories episode and uh believe it or not snake eyes sucked it was awful yeah, yeah. it was somehow worse than the
0: first two
2: and we all thought it could just be a market step up from the last one. It doesn't have to be a great movie. It just has to have like a good story, and a good like pace. And it didn't have either of those things. <laughs> it was aggressive.
1: Yeah. Very. It was great. so aggressive.
0: Like I feel like at some point during the first two minutes of that film, Brandon and I leaned over to each other because we were sitting next to each other. And we both were like, is it just me? Or, holy shit, this movie needs to chill. Like, yeah. seriously. <laughs>
1: my 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 little analogy for it was that everyone, the cast and the crew, were so fucking pissed that they were making this movie that <laughs> yeah. they were just go, rushing. Go, go. They were angrily rushing through next scene. The director was like, read your line. All right, next line. All right, cut. Move it on, on to the next scene. And the actors would just angrily sprint to the next scene everyone would pick up the camera gear and go all right ready action roll it line line cut next scene wrap it up <laughs> Get it go, go, go 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 but there was literally there's literally a scene in the movie where they're talking they're angry and then they start running and then they run to another location and they stop and they're talking and they're angry and i'm like and what then if- there's an action sequence and then they start beating people up and they're still angry and they run to the next scene i it was like, yeah. Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. That movie was like, I remember like Brandon said, like they, we, none of us had high expectations for this movie. It was like, it's like, you know, modern day ninjas, like, fuck yeah. it. Sh- have fun with it. Run with it. Just make, make it like a fun event. And like, they had all the pieces they needed. They had a great, great budget, awesome source material. And they had great. They had a great like team to make it happen. Like they had the guy from the raid on the crew, mm-hmm. uh, but who man, like whoever choreographed the camera and shit like that in relation yeah. to the choreography, Jesus, bro, you gotta chill. Like, like, it was awful.
1: All I wanted to see was like the the one thing that everyone. The reason why everyone likes Snake Eyes is that he looks cool, right? Because of his outfit, he has a really cool outfit spoiler alert he doesn't wear that until the last five seconds of the movie so we don't get that and then i just want to see some cool action and they couldn't even get that right because of the shaky cam they had the core you could tell it was choreographed really well but just this the person who shot it just like they forgot their i don't know they forgot their fucking stabilizers that day, you know? So they had like, fuck it. Yeah. Let's go ahead now.
0: Oh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I like, I, I kept thinking like, I always felt like shaky cam is like used when like your actors or whoever are not like fight trained. Yeah. So Like, you know, it's a good way to hide that. But the thing is you have these amazing, like, like martial artists and shit in this movie. Like why oh. not shoot it at a wide or something? Like give me, give me some right. geography, man. <laughs> it was bullshit. Yeah. Uh but yeah. yeah, they they messed it up. And then we went back to Brandon and Ethan's and we um they showed me um my first couple the a couple of sketches from I Think You Should Leave, which was yep. hilarious.
1: The new season and if you have not been watching that, you have to get on that. I Think You Should Leave is probably the funniest show on television. Um and yeah, we sh- we we inducted Chris into the first few episodes of the second season and yeah. holy shit. It's so, so good. good. And then, I'm joking, I'm joking, <laughs> and after that we watched Jackass Three d because we had to see the the trailer for Jackass forever uh at the imax theater, and that that was just so hype, so we had to show Chris a Jackass movie because he's never seen it before and chris mm-hmm. you you kept telling us the next day that you just couldn't get that movie out of your head
0: like it was such a weird experience because it was like I knew like okay, based on the trailer for that for the next one. I knew that this was like about a group of friends screwing around having fun doing this crazy shit. Yeah. But like what really stuck with me about that like that movie was that there's something weirdly endearing about a group of friends who are just a group of friends messing around doing whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. And like yeah, they do the dumbest shit in the world and like god god like it's amazing they've survived and like haven't like i don't know there's a lot of things they, they've done or do that is like kind of unspeakable but like yeah um, I think. but my god yeah they they own it and they have so much fun with it and it, it's kind of hard not to get wrapped up in it and feel like oh these guys are like you know couldn't be me but i love it you know yeah Yet
2: you only gave it three stars
0: look <laughs> i need a little bit more i need a little something more i, I will say that what? i need a little something more I need more. Oh
2: it's a documentary. But,
0: oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, documentary. Wow. Underrepresented filmmaking. Shut the fuck up, all right? So, okay. I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> but no, it was a very fun movie. I think it is, it is one of those things I think it might have been a little bit aggressive for me to watch because I was like, I didn't think I was going to see Poop today. I didn't think I'd see Three People's <laughs> <kids> today.
3: <laughs> but see it was a it? lot of fun. <laughs> yeah
1: uh and i i can't wait there's for more
2: that. where that came from
1: yeah i can't wait for that fourth one to come out i have i just i need to see that with a big group of friends in a theater the big audience mm-hmm. with everyone laughing and and do, drinking if they do something gross do you think someone will barf in the theater like
2: yes guarantee.
1: you guarantee that someone will barf seeing jackass Four. yeah
2: well i i i'm gonna say this there is a part of me that thinks no just because yeah. like oh this is like people are like used to it you know if they love these movies they're gonna go see it and they're, they might gag but there won't be a barf but then part of me is like what if somebody gets dragged to it and doesn't like handle this well you know yeah do they run out of the theater vomiting or is it like they hold it in i i think i think so it's inevitable
0: i think like someone just like this. i think it it probably could happen it's just like it's so like i don't know i feel like unless you're going into it with the exact expectations of a jackass movie it's going to be severely overwhelming
1: right Uh, yeah
0: but you know what can you do
1: (laughs) yeah um one thing i do want to talk about is the last time we recorded an uh episode of after hours we were shooting uh bloomers isn't that weird oh
0: yeah that what wow so that
1: was we awesome. were we were in production for bloomers and yesterday we just had it screened at the Folino. so that's another just interesting thing that's been going on in our lives right now uh yeah. got to see this is my my second piece of work that i've seen on the big screen because <laughs> my first piece was that horror short film uh self-portrait link link in the description if you want to watch it on youtube that chris and i worked on together but we got that screen in our horror class and now we got this one and that was a really fun night
0: yeah it was a really fun time and also um anyone who doesn't know bloomers was directed by Tori, who was on the show and has sound mixed some of our episodes
1: yeah Um, the
0: show yeah fun times fun times and uh
1: Brandon couldn't make it cause uh, knots. Someone was had calm. to
0: work for, for for the old dog, the
1: Guys, dog. Guys, I
2: just got paid. I'm just vibing right now.
1: <laughs> I
2: got paid 700. You got
1: a raise.
2: You got, got a, a raise it. at
1: knots because he's working the big part rides. All right, it's like a dollar raise. But okay. Hey, it's money. Like, it's money. money, sad is money and, like,
2: man. They're raising their like they're raising their entry level pay as well, so it's like a double sort of thing it's like oh this is like a a reward you know i got that i got that today and i was just super happy but yeah i'm working a big roller coaster not really it's a it's a it's a family roller coaster it shouldn't be a family roller coaster but it is uh <laughs> but it's good i'm super excited i start yeah. tomorrow officially so
0: yeah exciting that's yeah. exciting
1: all right let's let's get into what this show's all about What what the the main topic of discussion here is um like we said, we're going to do some MCU reviews because, uh, two big, uh, installments of the MCU came out in the past two weeks. Um, but before, before we did that, let's, we, we skipped an MCU review. We did WandaVision, which you all really liked, but we never did, really did a review for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So should we just do like a little quick thoughts, uh. On yeah. Falcon the Winter Soldier, before we go in, Brand, you want to start off? Who wants to?
2: Yeah, I'll start. Um, I was probably most looking forward to the story out of like all of our group of friends who's like into the MCU. And I think the reason for that is like I am very much into like the grounded characters and also uh, I love the spy action military oriented stuff for the MCU because like that was very much my cup of tea when I read the comics. You know, I loved Captain America. So by proxy, I loved Bucky and the winter soldier and the Falcon and captain America. So like all three of those characters, like were like really big for me. And so I was really looking forward to this movie or show to see what was kind of bringing to the MCU. And honestly, it didn't really bring a ton, you know, it brought a lot of nuance to, um, the world around like our characters which is really nice and they like interview like it, it talked a lot about social issues it was a little over the head with it but like the stuff with like black soldiers and like the t- basically the tuskegee airmen like sort of adaptation from the comic books with the red white and the the black i believe mm-hmm. uh it's like it's that's a great that's the great portion of this show everything with Sam Wilson is fantastic. His speech at the end of the show, it is exactly why he's a great Captain America character. Everything with Bucky's PTSD is good, but everything around it just is like so shoehorned in. Like Zemo, I love Zemo in the MCU. I think he's great. I think he's Mm -hmm. a great villain in everything, even in this but, like he feels like he's wasted in a way, or shoehorned in there just because it's a Captain America thing, especially with his costume. and then you've got like the power broker adaptation, which isn't good. the rushed Redemption Frio's agent, which isn't good, and then the fucking flag smashers, which I thought were okay at first, but they did not develop them at all like I no. thought they were going to
1: you didn't know so like, you didn't know what they were like fighting for, you know they it was just vague like- yeah things were good before the snap but now they're not uh open borders and you're just like it, it's honest, honestly one of the sloppiest uh just uninformed critiques of anarchism that i've ever seen like in media you know and it's just like it's stunk of uh corporatism <laughs> to me um yeah i wasn't I, I i thought falcon and the winter soldier was fine uh Everything, like you said, everything they did with Sam Wilson was, like, peak MCU character development, I feel. Like, everything um, with him and Isaiah Bradley, and, like, those are always my favorite scenes, whenever he visited Isaiah Bradley. And we didn't get enough of that, honestly. It should have just been, like, about that. That should have been the show, you know? But Mm -hmm. then I agree. And the stuff they did with Bucky was, it was good, but it wasn't as good, you know? of him like mm-hmm. do, struggling with uh sort of coming to terms with his past, you know, and making a new identity for himself. Um but yeah, just like everything and they they did a solid arc for US Agent, you know? Very solid up until he just changes his mind, becomes a good guy at the very end, you know? The last two episodes are just It no I, as somebody I, even even the episode before that was like it was at least for US agent, because like they defeated him, and then like you're like, oh, he's gonna, he's making his own shield. Like, what is he gonna do? And then in the last episode, instead of like getting revenge, he decides to just, you know, team up and help. And it was just like, ugh. Just D- based on his character
2: make- in the comics, you know, it fucking pissed me off. Yeah. And I'm they- not one to get mad about comic changes or whatever. Like the Mandarin thing didn't really bother me all that much, but
0: this mm-hmm. did. Yeah
1: chris what did you think of falcon the winter soldier
0: i think it was like it's i pretty much share the exact same critiques and praises that you guys have like um i love what they did with sam wilson i think they did a great job with reconciling bucky and like how they handled like him kind of getting over his PTSD. like oh not getting over but moving forward in his uh healing from his ptsd and also just like as the winter soldier um i do also think they missed a big uh opportunity because you know how at the end the title of falcon and winter soldier is replaced with captain america and the winter soldier
3: oh, yeah nice.
0: should have been captain america and white wolf
3: they oh, should have really? taken away
0: they should have stripped away winter soldier i think because uh, like why know. the white why wolf would they, is kind of a stupid name to be honest yeah but he's not the winter soldier anymore yeah he's, he doesn't do shit for hydra at all and like i don't think even he identifies as winter soldier ever since he got out of hydra
1: that's true like he probably doesn't even like being called that you know yeah it's anyway but
0: like he'll get a
2: new name like patriot or something
0: yeah maybe but yeah i did not like um what they did with um the flag smashers i thought they underdeveloped zemo a lot the flag smashers is the big thing for me i think you as well particularly ethan is like yeah it's the most like hollow dissection of anarchism and you know like it's one of those things where it's like you don't need to make me agree with these guys, but at least give me some context for why they feel the way they do. Yeah. And like, you know, that's, that's just the basic fundamentals of giving interesting perspectives in storytelling. Like make me understand, not necessarily agree. And it's just like, you can, I don't know. I just felt like these guys were like, Oh, these guys are like blow shit up uh, because they're angry at the new world. And it's like, come on. Like, you, you, you gotta be, especially in this like political climate that we live in right now, where it's like it's so easy to antagonize the other side for like random reasons. It's like you gotta do better than that. It was
2: very this show centrist. feels safe in that sense. It was a no, very I feel like it was safe.
1: Show. Yeah, centrist. Like, well, okay, where it was like it, it creates this character um of the US agent to be like, oh, he's this very right wing character, very America first, and then. They make him a bad guy because of that, you know? And then it's like, oh, wait, no, but we don't want to make him too much of a bad guy, you know? We could still change. And then, oh, but the Flag Smashers, they're the really they are really the bad guys, you know? And, like, and but we just we don't really know why, you know? They just, like, want something, those kids, you know? And it was just like, oh, come on. like,
2: And then at the end, they're like, is anybody really bad? Because, like, that's basically the thesis of the show, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. the worst people in the world are like, I guess like the easy like low hanging fruit which is like congressmen and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so,
3: like
0: yeah. that speech that Sam gives at the end is great cuz I think it it is a perfect speech for what the what the show was going for. Mm-hmm. But I think it like that that speech would have been so much more compelling if the flag smashers had a more understandable motivation for what they do because they they talk about like this refugee crisis that they're going through. But it's like, dude, you gotta, you gotta show it to me. Don't, don't tell me it. You gotta show yeah. me. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. They really just kind of dropped the ball on that. But the speech is fantastic. And is, I I think they do a great job of kind of like discussing the iconography of the Captain America mantle. Yeah. And like kind of dissecting it and kind of hopefully under, and like with Sam, like kind of modernizing it and giving it like a, this is what, we should the new american ideal should be and this yeah. is what it once was you know what i mean yeah so yeah i think they did a great job with that action but, is
2: so bland too
0: yeah they didn't do the choreography too well yeah.
2: no it's all okay. forgettable <laughs> uh
1: so wh- where does it lie in your guys' ranking of mcu um, no it, like mine's like
2: uh i gotta pull
1: it up i put mine as tw- 23 out of 27 like Oh, wow, it's it's down, low. it's down there with like the, some of the lesser, like phase one, phase two stuff for me personally. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I
2: think I have a, I have it at 17 out of so, 27. I like it a little bit more than most people do, I think. But I, I think it's, I, I am just very biased towards like Falcon and Captain America.
0: Right. I have it yeah. at 19 out of 27. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. Okay not
1: bad well let's get into um let's see which one should we do first let's do black widow first let's save loki for last sure. um yeah because that's spoiler alert that's probably the one we're gonna be the most excited about yeah. um yeah so <laughs> black widow finally came out uh been a whole year basically <laughs> yeah in the in the making um this was supposed to be the first the kickoff film to phase four and i wonder i wonder what that would have been like if black widow was like the first film of phase four i don't know
2: i, I mean like... it is though technically
1: I, I guess it is but the first like story of phase four you know first project um but
2: maybe it would have felt fashion. better
1: maybe
0: yeah but we all liked it right we all thought Black black
3: yeah, was, yeah. was
1: good
0: yeah it was fun i had a it good was... time with it i think they did a really like I, you know, I remember the funniest thing is that you pointed out that this movie takes place in during Captain America's speech during Civil War. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is like, that is so true. This literally takes place in the middle of a speech. Like in, it's like a like week in, in a minute of. Yeah. In a minute of Civil War time is this entire movie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So because d- like during the end when they're showing like a montage of like the consequences of Civil War. Um, and then Captain America's speech, and then you show you see him at the end show up to rescue his friends. Cause Black Widow starts with like her leaving Tony Stark, you know? Like I I'm guessing like a few moments after that, maybe a day or two. And then it ends yeah. with her getting the Quinjack to go rescue like Falcon and everyone from uh the prison, you know? Uh it's just cra- it's crazy. Uh mm-hmm. but yeah, a Black Widow, like I I think I was going in with a lot lower expectations because I don't know, I just I didn't see the uh why they were making a film in between like Civil War and Infinity War like after the Infinity Saga like we already know how her story ended, you know, and Black Widow already in the Infinity Saga had a pretty good arc, right? But in this film we get to see it gives us it's kind of like a disney plus show where it gives us a lot more development into why she makes the choices that we see in infinity war and why she feels certain ways in infinity war and end game you know uh through having her confront her first family you know and like i thought all the scenes with like the family were really good like god damn florence Pugh was like oh, such a good amazing. actress in this movie so good. like in the scene when she was saying, like, it's all real to me, it was all real to me, and stuff like that, and, like, she was acting the hell out of that, and, yeah. you know, David Harbour and Rachel Vice were like, they were, they were, they were good, they were really good in this movie, uh, mm-hmm. I think, I think David I think Harbour, think they could have been used more, they could have been used more, and I think David Harbour played things for laughs a little bit too much, you know, mm-hmm. it would have been nice to see that character taken a little bit more seriously, but, I think they did serve their purpose, and, but overall, like, I'm really glad that this movie came out because this is like the first time that I felt like I was like watching the Black Widow I knew I know from the comics, you know? Um like especially in in like in some of the most modern runs of Black Widow that I've been reading, like I just I feel this that was the same Natasha that I've seen in this movie, and I don't think I've seen that in the past movies. So that's why I'm glad this movie now exists, is that it's sort of like a send-off to the character in one of the most true incarnations that we've seen so far yeah what do you think brandon
2: i think the closest black widow comes to reaching her comic book potential outside of this movie came in like either winter soldier or like an age of ultron those Mm -hmm. two felt well okay to a certain extent no 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 like i outside of the romance subplot with like um hulk like i feel like there is something there to her character but definitely winter soldier um and we were we all talked about this because i remember we had a lengthy discussion before seeing this movie and i kept asking people like oh like what is like the movie you're least excited for that's coming out from the mcu and we all were like i hate to say it but black widow you know it's like yeah it seems like the least consequential and i mean when when you have one of these cinematic universes, you always want something that's consequential that's going to move the story forward in some way or another, either for the character or for the, like the the whole story as a whole. So like the, I guess the setting of the MCU in, in a sense, like you know how like even Age of Ultron sets up a lot of different projects, so does Civil War. Like all these movies do that, but like you also have those movies in between like Black Panther that give you character development and stuff. Yeah, and so like we were all not looking forward to this movie. I wouldn't say that. Maybe we we're looking forward to it, but like definitely the least. Yeah. And when we I, when I got out of it, I was just like pleasantly surprised. You know, outside of that terrible choice of a cover for an opening <laughs> it credits. Like oh my god. So, yeah, what I the fuck. Just, <laughs> I was just I it just kind of was laughable to me cuz like whenever they do that, it, it's not just like it's not just like um I I I don't think it's just like it's popular movies. You know what I mean? Yeah. When popular movies take covers of like classic songs, it mm-hmm. just doesn't work for me. Like when the they did the "Come Together" song for the Justice League, I hated that. Or you what, don't
1: like that one's good. I like that one. What? I like that one no,
2: I hate that one. I really? I think it's so better much. than the Beatles yeah.
1: one. I and think then it's that's way like
2: better. it's. I just don't. I don't. I don't buy. I don't like it. You know. But when other than that black widow is so so freaking fun you know it it, yeah it it fills in the gaps that you didn't know you needed filled in Mm -hmm. and it fits perfectly in with phase three which kind of pisses me off that they didn't like i know they probably didn't want to do it originally they saw it as too much of a gamble and then wonder woman and fucking captain marvel succeeded and they were like we can do this which is kind of weird to me because like Scarlett Johansson, I feel like, was super popular in, like, the Avengers movie. Yeah. She had a big role in that movie. And people were like, yeah, we like that character. And they did—they never made a movie for her. And maybe they were like, we can't just fast track this because she's one of our heroes or whatever. Yeah. Like, our most popular heroes. But on the other hand, it's like, it would have been so much more impactful had this movie come out before. And then we see what happens in Endgame and Infinity War.
1: Right. Yeah. I you don't know. So... But, yeah, Chris, what did you think about, like, its its place in the universe, you know?
0: It's kind of like I, don't, like, I think this film would have, like, I mean, first of all, would have been so much more powerful emotionally to me to see prior to Infinity War. Yeah, Like, if this actually came out in its chronological, like, timeline with the MCU, I think that extra bit of context would have made... Spoiler alert for Avengers Endgame, Natasha's death so much more emotionally gripping. Yeah. and Because you start to understand, you you understand why she feels the way she does, because the moment where she decides that it should be her over Clint is entirely motivated by the fact that Clint has a family, mm-hmm. which Natasha unfortunately feels like she doesn't, even though she does. Yeah. But like you get you get the context for why she feels that way, because a lot of Black Widow's history, even though we kind of understood where... Like there was the Red Room and she found her way into meeting uh Clint in Budapest and then eventually into the Avengers. The but like her kind of backstory was always kind of like hidden in hidden in the shadows for us. Like we never really got the full context for her motive, her absolute motivation or anything. Yeah. Um but with this like with this film, you really start to understand like why she feels the way she does. And like you said, it helps inform why you know she feel like why she makes the choices she does eventually that lead mm-hmm. to her death eventually so yeah i mean i guess in its larger place within the universe of the mcu it's like it is kind of like a it is very much a character film i don't think like it's gonna it doesn't do anything or change anything within the grand scheme of the mcu like we're yeah. about to when we get into loki that's a big implication of oh, the mcu yeah. and a big character piece yeah um I, but yeah
2: i'm just shocked at how organic it is you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's so weird how it, how it fits into the universe so perfectly. Because you know how, like in in these films, it's kind of hard to like balance continuity with like uh, a good story that kind of fills in the pieces necessary without like it, making it feel awkward. Like, but when you're not focused like on setting up things constantly, and it does set up a few things here and there, yeah. But I feel like it, it really. Acts as like payoff, you know. There may be a jump from. I feel like there is a jump in Natasha's character between Civil War and Infinity War, and it's very much felt if you go back and watch those movies. Yeah. Um. But this kind of feels like that natural progression. That feels like just right. You know what I mean? And not only that, it like ties in. It's like great themes, like surprisingly great themes that tie into her journey from, uh, Winter Soldier getting the red off of her ledger and with the story with um. I forgot the the main main villain's name. Uh, Dracoff. What's his name? Dracoff. Because
1: Loki mentions it in the first Avengers, he says Dracoff's daughter. Like, right, exactly to torment her, and that's like that's so mm-hmm. insane that they pulled that just that one line. They made a whole story out of it. Like, uh-huh. it's crazy.
2: Yeah, and I mean that, and also like, it's a very feminist film, but not in a way that I feel like would piss many people off because there is people there are people who are going to complain about it being a feminist film yeah but but like i don't feel like it does anything to like necessarily beat the viewer over the head about that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i feel like it does it in a very subtle way that like if you're not reading into the themes you're not going to like find but like if you read into the themes and you find it rich like i did like i i loved it like it's a very very empowering movie i think
1: just like it's messages of like Human trafficking and how yeah, like,
0: and like re- reclaiming yourself, you know, what like I mean? thousands
1: mm-hmm. of women just disappear every day in our society, and because of like not stuff like this, you know, but like because but
3: of, it he, because <laughs> of
1: gross men and human trafficking shit, you know, and it's just it's cool for a, a blockbuster be, to like address this stuff, you know, and I think they did it like you said in a very intelligent way. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, and I. I I can't like it when I'm doing an MCU rewatch, I'm fine watching it in like its release order. I don't think I can ever watch this one after Endgame, you know. I think mm-hmm. I I have to do it before Infinity War just because like it's just it's so weird for it to not be, you know. I agree. It's it's so weird for this to be a Phase 4 movie.
0: Yeah, like, I feel like a lot like if if you're especially if you're watching the MCU as like say like Say like someone who's like maybe ten years younger than us. Eventually, like, hey, I'm gonna watch all the MCU films now. I've never seen them. Let's watch them. Yeah, I think they're gonna eventually if they watch this fully chrono- in terms of release order, they're eventually gonna get to Black Widow and be like, "That's weird that they put this one out before Infinity War and Endgame." Like, why would they do that? Yeah, and then they'll be like, "Oh, wait a minute, they like you know they
1: the post credit scene, can,
0: the post credit scene or whatever." But like, it's it's also just like. I don't know. It, it does fit so much better if it's slotted in there between Civil War and uh, Infinity War.
1: Yeah. And how'd you guys feel about the post-credit scene? We see uh, Elena Bolova mourning over Natasha's grave, and then you see uh, what's her name, Valentina,
3: right? Val. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Val, uh, approach her and be like, "Hey, do you want to get the guy who killed uh, Natasha?" And it's Clint Barton. And so that means uh yelena below is probably going to be in hawkeye and that's going to be pretty exciting because florence Pugh was really good in the role uh and yeah that's that's gonna be fun i i'm i'm really hyped for hawkeye now because of both of because this credit scene and because of the news chris i don't know if you heard but there's uh there's rumors going around that kingpin's going to be vincent d'onofrio as kingpin's going to be in hawkeye
0: oh that'd be really uh, interesting
1: and the actor who plays can vincent Nof- d'onofrio he liked a tweet that's saying that he was going to be uh and then in, unliked uh, it <laughs> and then he unliked it <laughs> so we're like hmm
0: he the mcu the the mcu guardians in real life like the yeah. lasers turned on <laughs> the, actors, the, D- the were, disney like, ninjas oh, yeah. <laughs> the He's disney like, ninjas Ooh, got Ooh, to him Ooh, like
1: it. <laughs> that's right uh but yeah any other any other thoughts on black widow uh I don't know it's like it's it's we can't really talk about like its implications on the universe as much you know and like the grand scheme things because it's just a contained story but it's a good film right I don't know yeah
2: yeah I I, yeah sorry yeah
1: no no I was I was gonna say where does it lie in everyone's ranking like because we did this with WandaVision so I was wondering like I think we we Uh, all gave it it 13 13 we all gave it a four out of five I remember that uh um, I <laughs>
0: put it in number twelve.
1: Wow, I have it at nineteen, <laughs> and
3: wow. I
0: still I still gave
1: it four out of five. That shows how much I like these films. But um, yeah, I just sandwiched right in between Age of Ultron and Captain America: The First Avenger. I think I think it's it's in that ballpark for me. Uh, okay, let's get let's get to the real meat of this episode. I think I think we're gonna oh, have a good boy. time talking about this. Uh because this time. what good time yeah i've got real good time uh <laughs> this was probably one of the biggest surprises out of the the whole mcu for me like
2: guaranteed
0: yeah
1: i don't what what was everyone's hype level on loki before episode one chris very what,
0: what, low very low, very How, low. Like, I, yeah.
2: extremely I was, low i
0: was just <laughs> kind of like oh like loki okay like you know, and I, I was like, okay, I know it's gonna be the version of the Loki that we saw in Endgame that got away with the tesseract. I'm yeah. like, I f- like I felt like, especially at that time, like, it, like with it in 2012, um, like New York Avengers time. Loki was like I did not like his character at all. I thought he was still such a bratty little bitch. Yeah. But then eventually like they in Thor Ragnarok and um like I don't know they they give so much they give you at least something to work off with him. I feel like yeah. they did a great job with kind of like feeding into like why he feels jealousy and why he harbors so much resentment against Thor and a lot of other people. So I was like, "Ah, oh, like
3: uh, Loki
0: fine. Okay, I'll watch <laughs> that. I just want to see what's going on." Yeah. And to my surprise, it was great. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um. You want to, you, I don't know, do you want to take yeah. your reins from here? I don't Brand- know if, yeah.
1: Brandon, what about you? Because I knew, because when we were talking about this, I remember you could go back to our first After Hours when we were breaking down all the shows that they announced and you were like, I don't really care about Loki. I don't know. I don't, you know? And
2: but I don't care. Yeah. I saw the care. trailer and I was like, yeah, I could do stuff that's kind of cool, I guess. But like, I remember hearing the concept and being like, you know like WandaVision grabs you because like it's this it's weird it's different they like the way they described it as like the sitcom-y sort of thing was like so interesting and unique yeah and there's and then a mystery Falcon, there yeah, yeah and then like with all these other Disney Plus shows that they've announced and stuff and all the other movies that they've announced it's like each of them has their own sort of hook mm-hmm. um that like made me interested but the the plot line of like oh we're going to pull the one-dimensional loki and i'm not saying what he's one-dimensional in the 2012 adventures movie i don't think he's one-dimensional in any of the thor movies even thor the dark world i think in the dark world the best part of that movie is frigga and um and um loki those there are two characters (laughs) what's his name uh sorry Uh, (laughs) Uh, who's the character (laughs) Um, (laughs) what are we talking about again Forget loki like you know what i mean like he's like that movie if it did anything well it was that that character development you got for him uh and like that's like it's a good throw line for those thor movies but i remember in the avengers he's very one note he's a great villain in that movie because he's so maniacal and evil yeah and like i just have so much nostalgia for the movie as well as like the early comic books like the first avengers comic book is they team up to stop loki So, like, that nostalgia Mm -hmm. is, like, very much, like, in me, you know? Yeah. But I remember thinking his character was so lame, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: In in that movie. And then I was, like, plucking him out after his great character plot point. And then it's, like, I thought the show was going to be, like, oh, he's just going to jump around in multiple timelines and cause mischief. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's – because that's Loki, you know? That's what he does. And, like, with his one-dimensional character, I was, like, how are you going to develop him – in a single episode and they did it yeah right off the bat i so i i was so
1: surprised i think the moment i realized this show is going to be something special is like you said like loki's goals in the first avengers like even even they accepted that like it's a little one-dimensional he wants to rule earth and then rule asgard and then rule space wow space that's that's a lot what that's a that's a big feather in your cap you know when when owen wilson like (laughs) that
0: i'm like okay this is (laughs) gonna be this is gonna be lightning mcqueen dismantled all of loki's (laughs) worldview
1: yeah and then i was like because i i too i was like loki this is it's 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 even further than what they did with black widow where it's like okay i get like it takes place because she dies but like they're taking another loki Like, one that we've already seen die and basically have a complete story arc, you know? From when we first see him in the first Thor to, like, becoming evil, sort of beginning that reform, but still kind of being evil by the end of Dark World to then being full-on reformed by Ragnarok to then sacrificing himself in Infinity War, you know? Like, that's a a solid arc right there. But now we're going back to his most one-dimensional. But then they take that and they're like, Let's show this Loki the rest of his life until his death. I think that was like
3: yeah, that was also
1: that was another known. another That's
0: scene. I'm like, wow. Great scene. I think like that was so powerful because it was like, yeah, you had that one dimensional version of Loki, but then by forcing him to come kind of like come to grips with his own mortality and like his his minuscule size in the grand scheme of everything yeah it kind of like it gave us this version of loki that was a lot more humanized like vulnerable yeah vulnerable he's like a person who he's just a guy that was like neglected by his family and never felt like he had a home so he had to take it from others to get to feel it it's like there's that there's this quote that like um like the child that is not war like that is not like loved by the village. Will burn it down to feel the warmth or something. Yeah. Some. i, I probably said that quote awfully, but um, <laughs> like I think that's a great example of that. And they did a really good job of kind of like making you understand why Loki is the way he is, and like you know, he he kind of recognizes I'm a villain I'm an awful human being, and like I'm terrible to people, and I do awful things. But then you and one of the, like we said with like like I said with um uh falcon warrior soldier you don't need to make me agree make me understand yeah and that's exactly what they did with Loki.
2: i think you could critique it in the sense of like it maybe moves a little fast with his character development like i don't know if showing him the real um necessarily makes him go through all of the character development he did in um the other mcu movies past you know he he went through that cycle in like what was it like six years between avengers the 2012 avengers and like ragnarok and infinity war so like to me maybe it's a little fast that he transitions into like such a likable character but then again maybe it's not because like in the tva time operates differently and when you're like when you're taken on this like almost spiritual existential journey like maybe an epiphany doesn't seem that far off you know what i mean because even in thor the dark world he's he certainly has some sort of epiphany when he's imprisoned you know Mm -hmm. hate to bring that movie up again but the (laughs) mcu keeps doing it so (laughs) yeah
1: they really want us to like not forget about that one (laughs) which is funny no but yeah i i wouldn't say he goes through his whole arc you know um i say it again like having yeah. him having him see that that arc that he does live creates this whole new one and much more layered one you know that that we see throughout this show where um again like find, like under coming to terms with his place in the universe you know and then once he meets up with the the variants of himself like sylvie and everything like that um what then it flight. just gets okay <laughs> 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 then it just gets a <laughs> lot more interesting, you know? Uh and let, let's get into that like the, just the the explorations that the show does by basically a, creating like an establishing of the multiverse in the MCU, you know? We get uh basically this is how variants. I under, yeah, we understand it where uh the sacred the the main timeline will occasionally just randomly branch off and create a variant. Of a certain person. So, in that reality, there'll be something else. And that the TVA's job was to prune that and wipe out that branch because then we find out why in the last episode. Um, but it, it was just a really smart way of uh, explaining how there are multiple realities and how we can explore that in shows like What If and Doctor Strange and how we can get multiple versions of the characters that we love and know in the MCU. So, we get a lot of love for Loki and all of his the various forms that he's taken in the comics. We get, of course, we get uh, Sylvie, which is like a, uh, a, a sort of an amalgamation between Lady Loki and uh, the Enchantress from the comics, which I think was a really smart move. You know, mm-hmm. it's great. It didn't make it made her more than just a Loki, which I think helps with the eventual romance they have but i still i think that my biggest problem with the show is that romance which we can get into later but then then we have uh classic loki played by richard e grant which was fucking insane and phenomenal
3: did
0: a great job kid loki
1: kid loki who was he was confirmed he was the he's the oldest loki in that uh at the end of time he was the first loki to be pruned there which i think is just awesome that a kid was like and that's what became sort of, like, the ruler Loki. Then we had boastful Loki, which was, like, a black Loki who apparently, like, defeated the Avengers himself. And But then something happened. Um, and then we have alligator Loki, which was great. <laughs> and, which introduced us to Throg, the frog Thor that we got for a split second there. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's just, like, it's insane to see this, that we're now opening the mcu to a multiverse which i never thought we would get in a million years after like before endgame and before they introduced like this thing as like timelines and time travel i i i was like they're never gonna do like a multiverse like that just it's too confusing for audiences you know they're just gonna stick to one timeline and that's gonna be it but now they're like loki thought of a brilliant way to like make all of this sweaty comic book stuff about multiverses and which earth and everything like that makes sense to audiences and i really gotta like applaud the writers and showrunner of this show for doing that you know uh it's amazing stuff what what, what do you guys think about the implications of like of uh, cr- creating the multiverse in the show and like how they handled that you know
0: <laughs> i remember i came up with this joke that like ethan name something the mcu can't do now fast the business.
3: <laughs>
0: think you buy, they just gotta buy universal there
1: there's a timeline there there is a timeline there's where infinite the timelines population. now there's a timeline where the fast and furious movies happen
0: yeah so like i don't know like this could like this really is like a big jumping off point for the mcu yeah like there's so there's so many opportunities and they've laid out a great um like you know plan for them to like pursue it we'll get into that later but um They have so many new and unique opportunities to explore new characters and new worlds and just new things. There's a lot of things that they could expand on because for a while we were kind of like for a while in the MCU, we were kind of landlocked to Earth. And then eventually we started to expand into space with Guardians and Captain Marvel. And, you know, it's like it feels like kind of the literal infinity of the universe is the limit. Like there's no there's nothing that they can do that we can't imagine right now.
1: Brandon?
2: I love time travel. I love this spacey-wastey stuff. Like, one of my favorite shows is Doctor Who, and I know I get, like, crapped on for it by Ethan, but, <laughs> uh, like, the reason why is it is it discusses all these, this cosmic philosophy about, like, what is your purpose in the grand scheme of things when you have, like, such a large power, you know what I mean? Time travel is, like, probably the biggest power in the universe if you think about it, because if you have to go back to change and alter events in that timeline it's like a big deal you know what i mean you have the you have the knowledge and the effort you know it goes both ways you know it's not just like the power of being able to stop something before it happens but also the knowledge that that thing happens to begin with yeah. um and like i think that the this show handles that well with its existentialist themes and such as, as far as how it connects to like the marvel multiverse going forward i agree with you guys I- i'm genuinely shocked that they kind of did it in a show yeah on disney plus because i remember ethan and i discussing it weeks before it the finale dropped and we were like I mean, it would make sense because of what it's all talking about with the TVA and stuff like that. But like this multiverse thing seems like it's too big if they want to keep it just isolated to the movies. You know, up to this point, even WandaVision Division and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they felt like they weren't required viewing, but they were definitely like good viewing to have. Like, if all three of the MCU properties before Loki, which were um, before Loki and after Spider Man Far From Home, feel like. You don't need to watch them, but they are great to have as, like, sort of filler. Not filler. I don't want to say that. That's kind of insulting. Um, Character development to Mm -hmm. these characters that you know and love that you kind of will need going forward if you are to, like, develop this relationship and report with them. But this feels, like, so essential. And I don't know how big of a role it'll actually play because, to be honest, like, I don't think Loki or Sylvie or Mobius or any of the characters outside of one that we'll talk about in a second yeah. will play a big role in the movies going forward, if any. So it's yeah. kind of like weird that they decided to plop it here and I kind of wonder what they're going to do going forward. I hope it's not a mess ex- like expositionally, but yeah, I mean, they did a really good job of it with Infinity War. I mean, Infinity War had a hard task of, of exposition and they did a lot of showing. I think that's the best part about that movie. They didn't tell a lot, they showed a yeah. lot.
1: Cause like for those people who, I like general audiences weren't keeping track of the what the Infinity Stones were and like where they were and what movies like the hardcore fans knew exactly where each each Infinity except for the yeah, Soul Stone. But they know? were just
2: MacGuffins. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So maybe they can do the same thing with like explaining how the multiverse and of course and how it broke open. How it broke open and of course introducing the next thanos level big character bad. the next big bad in this universe and that is motherfucking kang the motherfucking conqueror is in this let me tell you brandon and i the the weeks leading up to this finale not the weeks like the days leading up brandon was so sure it wasn't gonna be kang you're like, i remember I was like,
2: a a few reasons. You that.
1: were like ninety percent <laughs> sure. You kept telling me, "You're like, it can't be. They can't do this. They can't do this. It's too obvious." And I'm like, "Bro, how it it can't not be King? You know, they set up too. There's too many little, too many little crumbs in this c- cookie crumb trail. You know, it's all. It was all. I just didn't want to get
2: disappointed.
1: <laughs> yeah, you didn't. You didn't want to get Mephisto. Is what you're saying from WandaVision? You know. <laughs> Where well, every... not just that, but you know, <laughs> but it, it's it's amazing. Like every episode of *WandaVision*, everyone's like, "Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be Mephisto. It's gonna be multiverse." And then they didn't lead. It didn't lead up to any of that. We were disappointed. But finally, we get something where like we're anticipating something that we know we're gonna lose our minds to, and they deliver on it. Probably even better than I could have ever expected. You know, by introducing, uh, "He Who Remains" or Immortus at the end of this uh season played by jonathan majors uh chris i want to i want to ask you like what was your reaction when you saw that elevator door open and you saw jonathan majors with that apple like what 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 were you feeling
0: i mean immediately i recognized it was um like i i don't know if i've seen jonathan majors in anything before have you seen last black
1: man in san francisco
0: yes i have oh yeah. yeah i have seen him in that so i so i recognized the actor and i immediately pieced together oh wait that's the guy they cast for kang yeah um because they had announced that a while ago and i wasn't expecting to see him i remember the doors opening i'm like and i was like I was like, who is that oh jonathan majors oh that's kang and then i was like i was like isn't kang supposed to be like really intimidating like what's going on here yeah you know i was i was like i thought like yeah And so then like i remember for the next like 10 minutes like when kang is like doing his quips and everything i was like this guy is not, like, I would I would hang out with this dude. Like, wh- why is he so chill? <laughs> and then you start to, uh, like, and then Kang starts to kind of give you the spiel and give you the lowdown of how this all works and like, why he isn't like, this tyrannical scary as fuck ruler. He's a dude that brought order and peace to the multiverse, but then, and we'll go into that in a second, but yeah, yeah. I was shocked that he was in it. Because, like, it was just like, like, I don't know, I I guess I just Figured he would just show up in Quantum Mania, and then he, and then from there he would kick off into becoming the Thanos. But yeah, yeah, right, right from the fucking rip of the multiverse, we, we right. know the guy. It Dude's was,
1: unhinged. Yeah, but it was it was so much fun watching this with Brandon because Brandon, Brandon's like, Kang fan. We we are both I, like we're the biggest Kang fans I know. Like, because we we rocked with that dude from seeing him for the first time in avengers earth might heroes and then reading his uh comics from the stanley run of avengers you know and like like mm-hmm. just knowing everything about like the council of kings and the just everything like that you know um nathaniel richards and just like seeing that shit confirmed in real time for us like we we did the thing where uh <laughs> have you seen have you seen the uh john boyega's reaction to the force awakens when he sees him light up a lightsaber for the first oh, time yeah, he, he stands out, yeah. up with his friend and they just dap up each other like really hard like that's exactly what brandon and i did when we <laughs> saw Kang. We we're just like let's go and it was like oh it was one of the hypest things yeah. i've ever seen in the mcu it was so good brandon how you feel about yeah. how you feel about kang
2: I I love it. And they the way they did it was very tasteful. It didn't feel like it was like I I think there's going to be some people who really don't read the comics or who aren't like who are like what they, this feels like a shoehorned in villain. Maybe it should have just been a Loki cuz the show's all about Loki's. Yeah. But it makes so much sense. Like I even wrote I I wrote about it, like, weeks ago, like, in my notes. If you look back at notes on my phone, which I know the audience can't see.
1: Audience, (laughs) Uh, hack Brandon's phone and access those notes. (laughs) Thank you. No.
2: (laughs) And then, like, I I tweeted a while back. I think it was, like, episode three or four, like, growth or, like, something about Kane rising. Because, like, I was, like... They they're like there's so much hints towards it, but I just didn't want to get disappointed. I wasn't disappointed in Wandavision's finale, but I didn't want to get disappointed by Loki's finale because Kang is literally one of my favorite characters, and like I think a lot of people don't really now they're starting to, but they they didn't really understand at first that this is like I wouldn't say the nicest Kang, probably the second nicest Kang you're ever gonna see in the MCU Mm -hmm. because you you'll see one I I'm guaranteeing you'll see uh, a version of him that's much younger that is going to be a bigger part of this later absolutely Um, but the the, i i think that's like five years down the line this is like he's gonna be so evil it's gonna be crazy because everybody's like he's so convoluted and stupid but no that's the best thing about him he is like ultron in that sense that he if you if you hurt him if you kill him it just makes him stronger you know what i mean yeah with that last line see you soon
1: see you soon he winks so good
2: yes it's because this He's so intelligent as a character, and people think, "Oh, you're boring. You're convoluted." No, his love story, which we'll probably get into, oh
3: yeah,
2: is tragic. Like it's much more grounded than the Thanos love story in the Infinity Saga in the comic books.
3: Yeah,
2: Uh, and in that sense, it could definitely attach yourself to the viewer. If you haven't seen Earth's Mightiest Heroes season one, it's in season one, right? I'm pretty sure it is.
1: The King Dynasty. You need to
2: watch it. It is one of the greatest introductions you can have to the character yeah and then go back and read the steve Co comic or not steve deco the sandy stanley Stan Lee, Stan Lee comic comics uh his first fights with the avengers and stuff like that mm-hmm. and you will have a compelling character there will be a reason why his character will go after the avengers and it's going to be amazing
1: yeah and like it's and they just they got the right guy to do it you know like they perfectly mm-hmm. casted king Jonathan Majors. I remember
2: when he we it when they casted yeah. him. What was your reaction?
1: My reaction was like, "Fuck yes!" Like, you you sort of see the level of gravitas that that dude can bring, along with the uh, sp- like spontaneousness through. Like, I think m- before he was cast, I I'd seen him in Last Black Man in San Francisco, which I feel like he should have nominated, maybe even won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor for that role in that film um Five bloods i think he played a really like grounded serious character for a rather touching subject matter in that movie and then i've seen I, i watched the first few episodes of lovecraft county i haven't finished the show yet but he was really good country is it oh it's country not county well it's they go into lovecraft county or no country in the show never mind i don't know why i keep calling it county county country i always mix it too um yeah and he he just plays a really good lead in that show and you're like okay this dude is an absolute star you know and then you hear the sh- that show got canceled and you're like gee i wonder why probably because this dude has a 10-year contract active- yeah two, a 10-year contract <laughs> signed with marvel you know for the next 10 years of his life he's just gonna be showing up as kang variants in the mcu you know uh but yeah that just like was one of the be- the best payoffs in any MCU, like, show. Because it's not just an Easter egg, it's actual, like, you know? Like, Captain America getting Thor's hammer, like, you can consider that, like, an Easter egg, you know? And that was a great payoff, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. But this is, like, this is setting up some of the, some huge implications of how where this universe is going to go. And I just, I couldn't be happier, you know?
2: I think it's leading to... um A Doctor Doom versus like Kang Secret Wars movie.
1: Yeah, I yeah I think I think we could see a Secret Wars. I think, but I think they'll adapt mostly from Secret Wars two, where it's multiversal. So Mm -hmm. you you're gonna be getting Avengers from across the multiverse fighting each other, and I bet because Doom was really the dude who like the catalyst of that
2: put it together.
1: Yeah, he put it together. But I think we're it's gonna be Kang this time. You know. And
2: I just wonder how you make that a movie. You know, here's the reason why. Yeah. Um, The problem with the Secret Wars b- b- story is it is not really a story. It's a good Both way of stories. market toys. Yeah. And yeah. And so, like, I think that's their way of doing that is to, like, have, like, a compelling villain, which could be it's Infinity War, you know, mm-hmm. it could be an Infinity War type movie that leads into something even bigger, you know. But I I don't know. Everybody's wondering, oh, how can they top it? Loki is how they top it. This show is how they introduce the stuff necessary to do it. And it's not just that it's Kang. It makes sense for Loki's character arc because of where he comes from. I I don't think we talk about that last scene enough, you know? Because everybody's like, Kang steals the show. But if you look, they never call him Kang, first of all. We know it is him. But, like... That last scene is so important to Loki's character because of the choices that he and Sylvie have to make. Right. You want to talk a little bit about that before we kind of wrap it up?
1: Yeah. Chris, let's talk about like what what do you feel like is coming next out of this multiverse? You know, out of this big multiverse explosion, this big Kang the Conqueror dynasty that we saw like what's well, we know on? that
0: like um the like they, they've they laid out their the next couple movies and i think the big ones are gonna be um dr strange and the multiverse of madness as you would expect and of course spider-man i think that's a big one that everyone's talking about because of all the rumors of toby and andrew coming back yeah. and now the gates are op- more open than ever for that to happen like the stage is really set for that to happen and you know, I would, in a weird way, like, I don't want to get my hopes up too much because as a big Spider-Man fan, but it would actually kind of surprise me if they didn't do it at this point. Yeah. Because, like, so many rumors, so many things have been leaked online with, like, this, like Andrew, very specifically, Andrew's stunt double scene on, on the set. Yeah. Stuff like that. And it's like, um, you know, no one's saying yes, no one's saying no, but more importantly, no one's saying no right um and you know it's just like stuff like that and just like of course like now it's set up for it to happen and i don't want to put my my hopes and dreams on it because i know i'm gonna get crushed if it doesn't but i think they've set the stage really well and like you said the they have a lot to play with now the um like uh i do think dr doom could find his way into the mcu event like pretty soon because of fantastic four yeah um and yeah like the you know there's there's so many possibilities. I think the next, yeah, I think that's where it's going. Though it's going to eventually bleed into Kang, kind of becoming this overwhelming force, and Doctor Doom is going to make his way into the MCU as well. And there's going to be a whole thing with Latveria and the Fantastic Four. And yeah, there's so much there. Like the doc, like Doctor Doom and Kang. Like I, like I'm, a, I'm, I'm more of a Doctor Doom like aficionado than a than a Kang kind of person. But like. Yeah the like there's so much that they could run with on that and i don't know it's i the sky is literally the limit anything i say is just another pot one of a million possibilities of what they could do next
1: yeah i don't i don't know if they're gonna do dr doom so soon like i could see i i I wouldn't
2: be surprised if kang was the villain of fantastic four
1: that's That's what i was just about to say like i bet like we'll see because Kang is a common Fantastic Four villain, just as much as Avengers, you know? Um Ramatut, rama, Tut. rama Tut, there he goes. And the, the, what was it, the Crimson Centrion or something like that? Mm-hmm. I think, it's something like that. Scarlet Centrion. Oh, no, that's right. Snow so, it was Scarlet that's Centrion. It, yeah. Uh, and I think, yeah, I think they're going to let Kang have his time for Phase 4, you know? And I honestly think that, dude, like, they could somehow tie Kang into Doom. And Doom will be the next villain, like the next big bad after Kang, and that would just be, ooh, Pizza Chef. Come on, let's go. Like, that would be no amazing. Galactus, though. I here's here's what I could see happening. You make Doom the next big bad for Phase Five, you know, and the way that he that makes him like so, uh, threatening. Is he he harnesses Galactus as a weapon? Just like if you've played the first Marvel Ultimate Alliance game, Chris, did you ever play the first Marvel Ultimate Alliance? Of
3: course, like, I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love so that
1: game. he he basically he what what does he do? He like he basically uses Galactus as like a weapon to like yeah, kind of, to take over yeah, Earth I or mean. something like that. And I could because Galactus is he's not really a character; he's like a force of nature, you know. Um, yeah so i i could very well see them doing that like they they tried to do that with uh rise of the silver surfer but they made him a giant fart cloud instead of a (laughs) celestial being which now that now that we're gonna see celestials in the eternals like galactus is certainly not out of the realm of possibility you know uh
2: i think it's entirely possible that they hold off on galactus for a little bit and they because i feel like that's their way of rebooting the whole shit with galactus uh-huh they're, they're never it gonna an, reboot. isn't it a, well if you say that but studios will eventually want to do the same stuff with the characters and you know how they reset the the universes in the comic books you know what i mean
3: mm-hmm. and
2: to see that on the big screen is to come full circle but how would they do that
1: with Galactus? That's not like that's not his thing. He just eats plants. He's a
2: galaxy eater. And if you look at
1: his his role in Secret Wars, right? <laughs> he's just he's just sleeping in Secret Wars. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's that's that, that's one, that one of the funniest moments com- in Secret Wars, where like Doctor Doom's like, look, fuck, Ultron, look over there, and it's just Galactus like. Just like zooted out on the ground, just like oh. <laughs> he's Ooh. just he's just he didn't sleeping. It, but what
2: I, I swear to God, there was something like where the universe rebooted because of like the multiversal thing with like Galactus being a, one of the main reasons why. I I swear to God that was like one of the
1: reasons. Uh, in the first Secret Wars, or the Secret War? I, mean, I I think there was a, I think there was some sort of timeline thing in Secret Wars too. Uh, I don't remember, but I. I don't know. I, I I don't know if I could ever see them. This is getting
2: too sweaty.
1: Yeah, we're getting too sweaty here. Uh, we're we're at a good time to wrap it up with our thoughts on Loki. So let's let's go around and uh, just quick final thoughts and rating out of five that you gave on your letterbox. So Chris, you want to start off with your just your overall impressions on Loki season one.
0: Yeah, I thought they did a really great job with developing Loki, giving us a great glimpse into his character and kind of reinventing him. Yeah. Um, they did a great job with um, developing this world that is the multiverse and eventually expanding it into this incredible moment in the MCU where the gate, the floodgates really open. Um, it, there's a lot of tenderness in, in this, but also a lot of joy and happiness and laughter. Owen Wilson is hilarious. Uh, Jonathan Majors is fantastic. They do a great job um um sylvie you have my heart forever <laughs> you're you're my you are my official mcu babe um, <laughs> <I'm brave>. <laughs> babe <laughs> um yeah did a great job loved it can't wait to see what you guys do next uh yeah mcu's back baby
1: It's back brandon what's your thoughts
2: uh shit uh it's good it's really good i love what they did with the character uh the action is the like my least favorite part of the show and that's a good thing i love it when a show like takes an established genre and flips it on its head so having philosophical dialogue every week that pertains to a plot and doesn't just feel like it's like you know out of nowhere is really refreshing and i think Multiverse implications aside, I'm excited to see where it goes for season two. Cause I'm really more excited to see the character journey. Like we'll we'll have our uh multiverse uh discussions later when we actually get to see stuff from these movies and whether or not it'll branch past the two movies that we have coming up. Mm-hmm. Is one thing. So let's see what happens. Uh, also, are we gonna go over our like ranking in the, yeah, the MCU sorry. time? Yeah,
0: uh, sorry, okay. I forgot to ask okay.
1: that. So, Chris, do you want to give your ranking of Loki first, then, Brandon, you can
0: give yours. Um, yes. Let me just pull it up so I make sure. I know it is pretty high up. It me is too. number number six.
1: Wow. Six. Yours is. Yeah. I think Brandon's is higher. What's yours?
2: Yeah. The, considering this is like my least. I was least looking forward to the show. It's shocking that it's at number four.
1: <laughs> number four. Wow. That's holy huge. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Loki. One of, like I said, probably the biggest surprise out of the MCU for me. I, I, for the last few episodes, I remember just those weeks were just the longest weeks getting to episode to episode. Uh, I was never really a fan of Loki as a character in the MCU. Um, I, I, yeah, I didn't really get why everyone thought he was that great, but now I feel like because we had so much time to spend with him and those just interrogation scenes where we got to break down just the the philosophy of this Marvel this iconic Marvel comics character, you know, um, it was just it was so great to see and it was so great to explore the multiverse, introduce us to the next big baddie that I think it's probably going to be better than Thanos, King the Conqueror. He is well, like top three coolest comic book villains uh i can't wait for you all to see the potential of this character um and yeah uh it's just it's crazy that loki first appeared in thor 10 years ago and now is that that was 10 years ago when we first saw (laughs) that little tom hiddleston fighting thor on the rainbow bridge he was little in that movie you know he's really squirmish and little
3: yeah and watching teeny.
1: fall the th- and now we're here where that character has met Kang the Conqueror and has opened up the multiverse isn't that insane That's I
2: like so- how you casually early in the episode was like uh were were like hey uh the w- let's bring up like the Captain America being able to lift uh Thor's hammer is kind of like a cute, cute little Easter egg, you know. Yeah, and you say it so casually, but like if you would have told us that like ten years ago, we would. Be like,
0: That's what? What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Like I remember, ha- I had that exact moment when we were watching Endgame, where Spider-Man was wearing a suit designed by Tony Stark, swinging on Valkyrie's horse, um, and holding on. No, 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 no uh, uh, yeah, holding on to swinging, the Iron t- Man, t- swing, swing, swinging
1: off of Thor's hammer, Thor's riding hammer.
0: Valkyrie's pegasus and as as Thanos's army is raining hellfire on the avengers like tell me that five tell me that like literally a year before endgame came out i'd say you're a fucking liar you're a and liar you're a traitor and, and a you're coward. a coward
3: and i hate you come here
0: and run after him
1: but yeah i loved loki uh it's my it's my 10th favorite MCU thing. <laughs> Even though I loved it so much. Uh, like I said, this franchise means a lot to me. And I love a lot of these films. Like a lot of these films are some of my favorite films of all time. Because I'm a loser. Um, but uh, yeah. No. <laughs> but yeah. Loki is cream of the fucking crop. Um, What a crop. What a crop. What a crop of movies and <laughs> television shows. What a crop. <laughs> but uh yeah, that'll do it for this installment of after hours. Uh, I think I think we might be doing these a bit more regularly because now I think we have some other topics brewing. You know, it's not gonna not gonna be related to MCU or reviews or stuff like that. We have some other discussions about film and philosophy that we want to talk about, you know. Uh, so look forward to some some more different conversations. But of course, we'll probably always come back here when a new mcu MCU show drops, you know. We'll th- maybe we'll talk about what if and like Shang-Chi, you know? Because those two, I think, will line up pretty well together when what if ends and Shang-Chi will come out. So that will probably be another episode. Um, and yeah, so thank you all for listening to this episode of Stacked After Hours, and uh we'll catch you in the multiverse. Do
2: you think I look like Fat Brandon in the multiverse?
1: Put Fat Brandon on screen! Boom!